that became really evident for me. Like that, not that I'm bad at that, but I think that it's something that a lot of us realtors have lost touch with is like that human part of our business. And it's easy to do that when things get crazy. Welcome to another episode of Level Up. My name is Katie. I'm here with Daniel, and we have a very, very, very special guest today with us. We have the beautiful, wonderful, talented Nadia Childs. She is one of uh, our on the block agents, just such a fantastic person, somebody that brings our entire brokerage together, um, keeps that OTB fam just so close. And we are happy to have her on our podcast. She has graciously agreed to come on and talk about a couple of experiences she's recently had. So thank you, Nadia. Thank you for having me. I've been an avid listener. I listen every week. And it is an honor and a privilege to join you guys this morning. It's a wonder that you haven't been on this show yet. (laughs) Do you know that you are, you are the final episode in the hundreds. You are episode 199. You are shutting down the second century of level up. And I was thinking about it. I was going to say, we've never, ever had any of our agents on the show, but we did have one episode early on where we had two of our younger gentlemen agents talking about working on a team. This is long overdue. Nadia, you, oh, that might not have been a, but you know what? Maybe it wasn't a podcast. podcast. This is our first episode with one of our agents. (laughs) Honestly. Well, I mean, who better? You said it, but you know, on top of all the, the accolades we won't mention, you are the reigning and defending agent of the year at On the Block Realty. Let's not forget that. Very true. (laughs) I should have put the trophy in the background here to like display like the case of, of your accolades. But welcome to the show. We are going to dive into some real life stuff because guess what? You've got your own experience as both an agent and a homeowner selling a home, which you've just gone through. And this is going to be a whole new perspective, I think, for us and for everybody out there listening who is dealing with sellers who might be thinking of doing it for themselves as well. There, This goes into a lot of different areas, but we're really excited to hear about how this all went for you before, during, and after, and everything in between. So again, welcome, and let's dive in. Yeah, yeah, so I did. I recently sold my home um, here in Mississauga in a declining Ontario real estate market, which was a little bit challenging, more than a little bit challenging. I feel like I haven't slept Um. in three months. Um, But yeah, it was a lot of learning, taken away, you know, not the first time that I've sold my own home. Um, but definitely the first time I sold it in a market like this, um, Mm -hmm. definitely a lot more stressful this time around than what I had dealt with previously. And yeah, a lot of takeaways, definitely Mm -hmm. a lot of takeaways. Yeah. So let's start about your decision to be involved in the process. Cause I think agents do it all sorts of different ways. They take it all for themselves. They, you know, or, you know, to another extreme, have somebody else do it for them. So what was your approach starting out with, with the sale process? Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to have some ownership of the process. Um, I knew that I wanted to deal with all of the prep myself and all of the, a lot of the marketing myself. Mm -hmm. What I did want was to have somebody on our team to assist me with 
just managing to keep an arm's length where an arm's length needed to be kept. Um, especially with things changing right now with disclosures and stuff and being able to notify everybody with the Treza, like in Ontario, we're dealing with the Treza changes. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of all in the back of my mind and not really, I think in, in a slowing market, not that we see it every day, but the opportunity for buyers to come directly to the listing agent um, that was something that I wasn't, I didn't want to deal with. I knew I didn't want to deal with multiple, uh, multiple representation or dual agency in this transaction where I was the seller. Um, so early on, I made a decision that I was going to recruit in one of our other agents at on the block to assist. And she was really, really supportive. We went through everything up front. She kind of was it was it was great because it was a training opportunity for her as one of our newer newer agents but also it just allowed me to yeah keep that arm's length um delegate the tasks that i knew um would be easily delegated to take some of the stress and pressure off myself because i knew that my emotions would probably be high and it would be hard for me to focus on a lot of other things during that time um and yeah. And to be able to forward any new contacts, any potential mm-hmm. buyers that were coming in to be able to refer those out to somebody who could handle that um, and not create a conflict of interest. So that was kind of yeah. the approach and it worked really, really well. Um, it was nice that like, she was fantastic. Um, we did multiple open houses. It was, I was really hoping that we were going to sell quickly, but we were on the market for quite a while. Um over 30 days. And so that meant multiple open houses and she was able to do a couple of those for me. And it was nice because I just needed to get away. Get a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And away did, from did the you, Did you find, and I mean, I, I'm sure this changed over the course of time, you know, from before and during the 30 days, but you had two clear hats that you could have worn, right? There's the hat of the selling agent and then there's the hat of the homeowner. When you were dealing with um, your partner on it, did you find that you wore or tried to wear more of the homeowner hat to like keep that sort of, hey, you give me your thoughts? Or was it more of a like, we're kind of co-listing this and certain things I want to step out of? And then over the rest of the process, like whether it was you, you're, you know, talking to your husband or talking to us or talking to whatever people in the neighborhood, was it kind of a constant hybrid approach that you knew you were wearing both hats or did you try to consciously stick to one or the other at first I definitely tried to wear more just the seller hat um I had an idea of how I wanted to price the home I had an idea of what marketing strategy I wanted to take but ultimately I asked for her opinion and her opinion was very, very important to the final decision. Like, you know, it wasn't just like, well, I want this price and you're suggesting something completely different. So we're going my way or the highway. It wasn't like that at all. Um, But then it kind of evolved definitely into more of a hybrid situation. Like, like I mentioned, the first couple open houses, I tried to stay away. Um, Mm -hmm. But then it got to the point where I know this house. I know I'm I'm in a condo townhome. so I'm also, I've been a part of the board of directors for a few years here. Um, we we renovated this home over the past five years that we've been here. I'm active in the community. So I was able, like, if anybody's able to speak to all of that, 
appropriately, it's me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I found that stepping forward in that role is kind of like that hybrid, both seller telling when buyers came in and explaining to them, hi, like introducing myself as both the homeowner and the realtor, you could see right away. Some people were like, oh, but as I chatted with them through their visit or through their inquiries, you could tell that it almost warmed them up. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it encour- encouraged trust and um, they seemed more receptive to be able like to actually want to possibly do a deal with me. Right. Um, but part of that was also assuring them that they wouldn't be negotiating with me. Like if they were interested in bringing an offer, their agent would be working with another realtor um, and the negotiating and in the paperwork and all of that stuff that I was going to in any offer presentation, kind of step back and strictly right. where the seller's at in that position. So, yeah. but yeah, definitely a bit of a hybrid, definitely hard to manage at times. Um, I think the first few people, for first few inquiries that came in, I was hesitant to say that I was also the home seller. Um, but as the journey went on, I realized that it was easier that way. It, like transparency. Yeah. We're a big, our brokerage is really big on transparency and openness. So, and I just found that that felt more authentic to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, no, that makes so. sense. And it was yeah. when that all kind of came together. Like when I really kind of got into my stride of wearing both of those hats, it was only a few days later that we were able to get a sale done. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't, you kind of have to just do what may seem feels right in the situation. And that comes across more authentic normally. Yeah. Um, so out of curiosity, did you find that like, like in terms of learnings from working with your own clients, like I think one of them and something that I find often it's hard to get from people is like that experience of living at that home. You know, like you, you can tell people, okay, here are the property taxes. Here's the square footage. Here's, you know, all of the different features of the home. But like when it comes down to here's what it's like to live here. And, you know, I find also when I'm working with people in my own neighborhood, like your authenticity comes out because you know what it's like to live there. So you can speak so honestly about it. So do you think there's anything that people can do or maybe like focus on in their business to try to get that information to share with, with potential buyers? Absolutely. And it's something that I've done with past listings that are not in the neighborhood that I live Mm -hmm. or even in my farm area. But if particularly if it's a neighborhood that I'm not that familiar with, asking the sellers those questions. What is it that you love about living in this neighborhood? What yeah. is your favorite part about your house? And I've even at, gone so far as to have le- sellers write letters to potential buyers that I've included in my marketing package cool. to highlight that. And I found that when I develop those relationships with my sellers where it's less transaction-based and more like I become one of their family members where... Mm-hmm. You know, you really get to know them. You get to understand what makes them tick. It's not just spending a, the week before you hit the market with them. It's really developing a strong relationship with them over time. I always find that I'm able to speak much more passionately, confidently about the product that I'm selling in those situations. So mm-hmm. definitely as a listing agent, regardless of whether you're selling your own property or not, try to bring that to the equation. I think it's what separates really strong marketing from average. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it definitely made a difference to buyers for sure. 
For sure. Being able to tell kids, tell people, oh yeah, my kids go to school down the street, but there's also these multiple schools in the area and the programs that are uh, the extracurricular stuff that's available in the community and how close the grocery stores are and where I do my shopping and, you know, oh, we did all these renovations and what we were going to do next was and pointing out the things that we didn't get done and watching the buyers go, oh, oh, that's a really good idea. Like you see them put the, the the dots together and get excited about it as much as you are. So. Well, when you're in what is a tougher market than we've seen for quite some time, being able to storytell and take it a step beyond just the binary four bathroom, four bedroom, you know, broadloom here, hardwood here, like that's the stuff in a lot of ways. It's like when a hundred people are applying for one job, they all might be saying the right thing, but it's the one or two who differentiate and actually make you think and and twist the emotions a little bit for you. Like without being able to do that, you're going to be spinning your wheels. And I think in a tougher market more than ever, that's the kind of thing. So with that, I mean, you're obviously as intimately familiar with this property as anybody because it's yours. So you, you are able to, I guess, have that notch in your belt going into it. What about the stuff that's not the nice and heartwarming and sexy stuff about the house, but the things that maybe gave you some pause about this is not great, or this is something that, you know, um, if I was advising another client, I'd want to know this, or I'd want a buyer to know this. Like, was there any question mark with stuff like that? Or, I mean, your house was great, so I I, I don't think there's yeah, anything. Yeah, not really. <laughs> I mean, obviously, there were some... Every house is not perfect. We did as many disclosures as we were able to, like as much as we knew Mm -hmm. about the home, we were more than happy to disclose, Um, you know, aging mechanicals, aging, (laughs) aging furnace, aging air conditioner. Um, But, you know, being able to speak confidently to the fact that like certain things, like for example, in a condo corporation, the roof, the windows, there were a lot of things that regardless of what might come up, the condo corporation would cover that. And just being able to explain to potential buyers the process that they would have to go through to get improvements done like that through the condo corporation, that helped a lot. Um, But also, you know, it's a different market than we were in a couple of years ago. Two years ago, it was like, we didn't see conditions. We didn't see, right. And, And I knew going into this, like, even if I sell with multiple offers, the chances of me having a home inspection are high. Like I know yeah. that somebody's going to request one and you never know, like you could think your home's perfect, but a home inspector may still find things. Oh, and so that was always like just letting people know that we were open to a home inspection. We, we weren't anything that came yeah. up would be a surprise to us and we would work with them to get it resolved. Um, I think that just increased buyer confidence a little bit. And sure enough, there were things that came up that we did have to deal with. Um, And being upfront about that, I think made when the successful buyers came through, it made the process of managing the after part of that and renegotiations and how those issues were going to be handled a lot smoother. So, Mm -hmm. and in hindsight, probably should have done the home inspection ahead of time, Mm. but um, yeah, you know, time wasn't really on our side. We, we made the decision to purchase something else really quickly. And we were kind of against the wire to get this on the market as fast as we could. So, 
Um, If something had come up, would I have had the time to deal with it? No. So we just kind of pushed forward um, knowing that there was a possibility something would come up and when it did, we would deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hard to know. Like, and in hindsight, there's so much that, you know, hindsight's always 2020. There's always stuff that like you think you could have done that would have been better or whatever. But I think you went through the motions very similar to how you would have listed a typical home. You've had staging done. You did all the things that you needed to do to get it already. Did you find, did you find it a, a renewed appreciation for the pre-work that had to be done in terms of decluttering and stuff like that? <laughs> it's something that now moving forward, I think I'm going to put more emphasis on in my process mm. um, for dealing with other seller clients. And not that my process was missing much of anything right. prior. I mean, yeah, we handle the staging and We even do repairs and things like that for our clients. Sometimes it's a cleaning, but there's still so much emotion going on behind the scenes. If a seller has kids, if a seller has pets, if, you know, and not every seller is going to be as type A in particular as I am. I, my expectations were this, like that you could lick the floor here. (laughs) It was so spotless (laughs) at all times, in spite of the fact that I have two disgusting children in my home. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, I think that just a little bit more handholding a little bit more in the past, I think I've probably outsourced a lot of this, right? Like I don't need to be there, but the stager will show up to do a consult at such and such such a time, or I don't need to be there, but I've got a cleaner coming to check out the property and give you a quote on such and such a date. It's really important for us to be there, like Mm -hmm. to be able to hold their hands. And um, every client is going to have different pain points, I think. And for some of them, it's the paperwork. And for some of them, it's the decluttering. And for some of them, it might be the mold they know is growing in the attic that they're worried about or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, I think spending a little bit more time in the prep stage with clients will really help them. Mm -hmm. I guess just feel like they're not being bamboozled through the process or like that. It's just spinning out of control. Cause there, cause there were times where it felt like it was spinning out of control Mm -hmm. and that the best intentions sometimes don't work out that way. So timelines and yeah, being willing to, you know, um, adjust those as needed. I think sometimes sellers have a hard time with that. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. rolling with them through the punches a little bit better For will sure. probably make the process a little bit easier. So, well, it, it's interesting because you already take a considerable ownership and, and put value on the relationship you have with your clients. Like this, this isn't like a newfound appreciation for how important it is. But that being said, I mean, you can't be closer to it than you were on this transaction because you are you, right? So when we talked about, you know, changing hats and all that, I mean, that's almost an unfair question because you live both hats. Like it is you. And so I just think this this had to be, like you said, like even if you already had a huge appreciation, this was like the mother load of seeing everything that goes into it. That's why it's so interesting to me that, you know, you're living the emotions of the seller, which are a roller coaster, you know, on the personal side, but you're also living the emotions of the agent that in dealing with, like you were saying, you know, understanding what buyers are looking for. That's the kind of stuff that 
sellers, maybe some of them think they know some, some of them know more than others, but they need to rely on someone like you, someone like, you know, whether it was the partner you brought on or their agent or whoever, to really understand what people are thinking and get past some of the cloudiness that sellers have about what they feel is and isn't important. So for you, I know this is turning into a question, I promise. That was like a diatribe that will end in a question. <laughs> for you though, was it easier or was it harder to ask those tough questions of yourself of like, am I clouding over this because it's important to me as a homeowner or do I have this, the discipline or do I need more discipline to be tough on myself about the stuff buyers might disagree with me, the homeowner on? Yeah. Cause every homeowner thinks that their home is the best, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like what you're going to tell me you want an extra bathroom. Why do you need an extra bathroom? I, the two that are here are fine. Perfectly fine. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it's definitely, <laughs> I just feel like I, I feel like over the past few years in this business, it's become so cutthroat that like, we, we, uh, it, 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 we treat it so transactional based. Like we don't remember that there's actually people on the other end that have emotions. And we do like a lot of us got into this business because we want to help people. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that the state of the real estate market in the GTA anyway, over the past few years through the pandemic, all of that became like, we were almost like order takers. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, it became very difficult because of the pace of it, because of how crazy it was to really remember sometimes that mm -hmm. these people are human and have emotions. And um, that became really evident for me, like that, not that I'm bad at that, but I think that it's a, something that a lot of us realtors have lost touch with is like that human part of our business. And it's easy to do that when things get crazy. So that was kind of one of the biggest eye openers or reminders for me. It's like, like how many times have I complained that a client yeah. hasn't cleaned up or decluttered to my standard or whatever. But now on the other end, I'm like, yeah, but got two little kids who are going through traumatic change right now and maybe they don't want to get rid of their stuffies and maybe they don't yeah. want to clean their room or stage their bed like little things like that um mm. disagreements about like staging style how long to keep it staged for um how clean it had to be if a showing was booked and yeah. running around and chasing after my kids to do certain things and the tension that that put within my family dynamic. If I, if I wasn't a part of that family dynamic, if I was just wearing the realtor hat, it'd be so easy for me to be just like, like, Oh, they're not doing what I'm telling get it them together or yeah, yeah, get it together or whatever. So that was a really good reminder. Like you don't realize as much as your seller might be close with you and you might tell them, like they might tell you the emotions that they're going through or the challenges they're having, you definitely don't see it all. And yeah. so remembering that yeah. there's all kinds of struggles they're going through that you might not understand or ever understand 
is important, yeah. I think, to kind of bringing back that human For part, sure. which is what I think is the most important part of it all, to be honest. Yeah. So, no, you I don't know if that answers your question. I feel like I forgot your question. Yeah. Hey, no, that's, that's, it's, it's real talk. It's what we're doing. No, that, <laughs> no, that was, honestly, that was, that was even better than whatever I, I don't even know what I was asking. It's, that was, that was, that was honestly, I think the crux of this for people who are listening, um, is really what you just said. I mean, like that's that's if anyone's going to take a sound bite away from this, it's how can we get in touch with the human element of the business any better than when we are the humans ourselves, right? Like you're as close to it as you can be when it is you and it's your own family and you're going through again the unique differences between you and every other seller you you deal with it's not like your lived experience is going to be the same experience of every seller but it's the fact that you don't know and mm -hmm. you can't know like you said that i think makes our own empathy that much more important as a needed skill in being a realtor right it's not just highest price for your home sometimes the price isn't even the most important thing to the seller right so understanding as much as you can i don't think there's a limit to that because you'll never know everything but taking the time to understand your client buyers or sellers is so important in helping them in a way that brings them the value you're trying to bring them yeah so speaking on that because i'm just i'm thinking of recent experiences with clients and you're absolutely right um it's we really have to be more empathetic. And I think all of us are empathetic, but I think as well, we put ourselves into the mix, which can be tough because when you're getting criticism or when you, when things don't work out and people are like, you know, I, I I'm kind of disappointed at this whole process. Like you, obviously we take it personally, but then that also brings in kind of a selfish element in a way. Cause you're kind of thinking like, Oh my God, I worked so hard. Like, how could they not see that all of that kind of stuff? So is there anything that you can think of, like, as you kind of went through the process yourself, like that an agent can say to somebody in that situation or prepare them for those types of situations to just help them through that emotionally? Or is it just, you know, they kind of have to work through that and we as agents just need to accept it? I think that it's a little bit of both. I think that they, they kind of have to work through it, but I think yeah. that like it's our job to ask the questions, right? Yes. So we can't just assume. And I think a lot of times we assume we understand what's going on behind the scenes, but we don't. Yeah. And so being like having those relationships with your client where it is an open dialogue and asking, like, I feel some hesitancy from you on this. Is there a reason? Is there yes. something you're struggling with? Like, just, I think we sometimes forget to ask those questions. We don't want to, because we're afraid. Or we don't want to, we avoid asking yeah. them because Feel like it's none of our business but sometimes it's no being let in on some of that can be the best way to support our clients right mm -hmm. yeah um I remember yeah. when we were listed and we we were looking at doing a price reduction because the market was declining and we were really trying to stay ahead of it mm -hmm. um and expecting the list we were doing a price adjustment and I was chatting with my colleague who I had brought on to assist about what we felt was, and even both of you guys about what we thought was the best price to move forward with. And I prepared the price reduction form and I sent it off through us and sent a sign to myself and to my husband fine. And my husband's at work and he's calling me and he's like, I don't want to go this slow. <laughs> 
And he's literally threatening that he's not going to sign the darn price reduction. And I'm like, I'm sitting here on the Toronto MLS ready to hit submit on this price reduction, knowing that it's the thing that's going to bring us the activity we need. But, and then the partner being like, well, is it up yet? Is it up yet? I want (laughs) to, is the new price up yet? I want to start advertising it. And her like, not being able to explain, like, we're having a little bit of a breakdown here and a disagreement between us about where we want to be. Um, you know, same thing with signing documents. Like, I, how many times have I sent an authenticine or a DocuSign through for an agreement to be accepted or something to be updated on a listing to a client? And I'm thinking, geez, it's been like five hours. Why haven't they signed that yet? Just a button they have to click. But I don't think we realize sometimes behind the scenes, like there could be serious, not conflict, but discussions, emotions that sellers are dealing with. A lot of times it's not just one person at the table. There's differences of opinions. And so even though you might have talked about it a hundred times beforehand and ran the situations through, if this happens, we're going to do this. If this happens, we're going to do this. No one can really prepare you for the emotions you feel when it's crunch time or when like it's actually happening. So, yeah. you know, slowing things down a little bit, not yeah. pushing our clients, like sometimes as much as we do is also another eye opener for me. Yeah. Um, not that I'm pushy to my clients, but I think we've all done it. Like what's holding them up or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And what's this issue? is what's holding them up. It's a big yeah. deal. Like yeah. they're making life-changing decisions here. So Mm-hmm. It is the most stressful thing, though, when you see like they've opened the email, but the <laughs> signature is not there yet. yet. And you're just like pressing refresh for seven hours, just like when and you don't want to text them, you don't want to stress them out, but you're sweating bullets. And you're right, though, I think the slowing down is such a big thing. And I would argue we've got more of an opportunity and a comfort in slowing down in a tougher market than you do when things are crazy. And not everybody's on the same path and not everybody thinks about it the same way. But like the market is always, and not even the market, just what's out there is so fluid, like day to day. And you have, you personally have so much access to more information than the average home seller does that for you, irrespective of what your husband might be saying or what we might be saying, you can log in any, any minute of the day, either to the data or to realtor groups or whatever it is, and see a world of opinions that might make you question your own judgment of your own place which had to be really tough. Like, did you find that you were in a constant conflict with yourself about what the right move was? Like I had studied this market. I've been watching the market for as long as I've lived here. We all know what we're like with our home own homes, right? Like a neighbor lists and we want to know what did they get? What are they doing? How does their marketing compare to mine? If I were to list mine tomorrow, we all want to do that as realtors. I think we all pay attention to what's going on in our own market. Um, And as confident as I felt heading into it, preparing the listing, when the time, like it all went out the window, like every move I made, I second guessed because it's mine now. It's And so that was also a reminder, like, yes, we do take care when we're listing clients' houses to do all of that due diligence. And, but maybe we need to second guess ourselves a little bit more too in that process, like take a step back and slow it down. And, um, I totally trusted my ability to get it done, Mm -hmm. but especially in a declining market where showings aren't happening as fast as you'd like, where the feedback's not coming in, where like all of that, it really makes you doubt yourself. 
Um, yeah. Can I tell you how many times in that month period I was like, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh my God, this is the wrong decision. Oh my God, I should have done it this way instead. Like, yeah. and I don't know if I would have, I mean, I, yes, if things don't go the way I want with any listing, of course I have those thoughts that come through my head but not to the same self-deprecation as I yeah. did. This time well, around. you're dealing on the other side too. Like you're like, as a seller, you also have a partner, a spouse that, you know, is also probably asking you like, you know, you're dealing with it on that side too. It's like, well, what's happening? What are you doing? Like, why, why isn't this working? Like what, you know, what do you suggest? You know, so you're kind of like the default person who should have, who should have all the answers when, a lot of times it's like the market's dictating, you know, and you've got to just make moves, as you said, to stay ahead of the market, you know, that, that much, but how, how hard was that when you're kind of the one in the family who's got to, you know, you take it on, you take it all on. And yeah. it, it, it's, that's a, that's a big burden for sure. Definitely okay. hard on my marriage for the few weeks that we were on the market, um, yeah. especially because, you know, my husband's not in real estate, but he supported my real estate business for as long as I've been in the business. So 15, yeah. 16 years now, he's been watching me do real estate. He sat beside me on the couch when I've negotiated deals. He's done marketing for me. He's helped with, you know, graphic design. He's drilled posts into the ground in the middle of the winter for me. Like he, if anybody's as experienced as a realtor, it would be him, except for he's not. Yeah. <laughs> but that's created conflict, right? Because I'm... I am the one who works in it every day. I am the one who's seeing every day the market changes, especially September, October, when things were really starting to slow down and like yeah. crickets, like no showings. And it's one thing to experience that on your own listing, but I'm seeing that all of my colleagues are reporting the same thing. It's not just our house. It's houses all across Ontario. And we see it with boots on the ground. We see it as it's happening. And a lot of times I think the public they don't hear what we're saying until weeks later when the media is reporting it. Yeah. And so me saying to my husband, you know, we need to get ahead of this. We need to do a price reduction. We're not seeing showings. This indicates there's something wrong with the price. Um, and him not wanting to believe that, like, no, that's not how it works. They have to pay what we want. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, well, <laughs> that might not ever happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know? So that definitely created some conflict. Um, it was a stressful time here, yeah. but ultimately, I guess I just had to kind of fall back on the data and being able to show him like what was going on. There were some other units um, also on the market at the same time and yeah. put it, calling those agents and putting them on speakerphone while I had conversations so that my husband could hear everything they were saying. <laughs> Um, smart and understanding yeah. that like it's not just us this is happening everywhere um and then being able to fall back on like hey remember when I sold that person's house it was a similar situation and what did I tell them they had to do and we got ahead of it and we got it sold the same thing's gonna happen here um yeah it's and that was also like a reminder that you don't know what the sellers are going through like as a realtors, we often have to wear multiple hats. We're negotiator, we're marketer, we're paperwork pusher, but we're also like psychologists, family counselors yeah. <laughs> to our clients sometimes. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that we sometimes forget that that could be happening on the other end and the pressure and the strain that it can put on 
um, a marriage or a family's dynamic if not everybody in the unit feels the same, which is common, right? It's very yeah. common for a husband and wife not to agree with how they want the yeah. sale to go. Very true. You, we could reenact it right now. Katie, you want to go at it? Husband and wife. We'll just, <laughs> no, just, uh, but I, I think it also reinforces how important it is to to hold the line of being who you are, regardless of the hat, because you were so... I mean, we've talked about the number of hats. We talked about homeowner and we talked about, or we talked about seller and agent. You wore those hats, but you're also wearing the hat of mom and wife and colleague and partner and all these different things. And at the same time, you've got even your husband's wearing the hat of sort of like a partner as an agent, to your point, because he understands it, but also the client, almost like your client, right? So, and husband and all these things. And so if you're bouncing between narratives when you put a new hat on i i feel like that would really throw off your ability to be trusted even by the people who trust you the most because you're kind of talking out two sides of your mouth but because you did the work and you know what you know and you kind of were able to mangle it all together in a way that the story was the same regardless of who you're talking to obviously the tone is different you're trying to sell to a buyer and negotiate and work through things, you know, with your husband or with your colleagues or whatever. I think it really speaks though to how important being consistency and consistency of character is to make it all work when you're wearing that many hats at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Sorry. That was me not asking a question again. <laughs> okay. It's a good point. It's a very big value add, I think. Yeah. <laughs> My head looks humongous, by the way, for anybody who's going to be watching this on YouTube, I think because I'm using a different camera, We've got three different size heads. It seems like one of like, Katie, you not, look like I'm you're not, like 10 feet from the I camera. I know, I'm like <laughs> sitting back, relaxing. It's all good. Natty's the only one who looks like she's been doing this for 199 episodes. We're just like, <laughs> we're so <laughs> like, my head's like engulfing your entire body. This is weird. Okay, <laughs> go back. So as we wrap up, is there anything that you like looking back, you would have changed or anything like, I know you've kind of along the way, given us some really valuable lessons that we can incorporate into our own business, but is there anything else that you can think of that other value adds that people could add into their business working with sellers and buyers? Um, I'm not really sure about value adds. Again, just, yeah, getting to know, like asking all those questions, really spending the time to understand your client's motivations. Again, that kind of falls back on the marriage counselor or the family counselor hat that we wear. Um, like, ex for example, in our situation, we knew we had a bottom line and obviously we wanted to get a high price, but we knew that we had already purchased something and that we had like that was our motivation so i feel like and especially in a declining market i think that maybe there's a lot of buyer agents that might assume that sellers are in a hard spot or yeah you know i got a lot of questions like well if you don't get the price you want are you going to terminate and relist it or will you just take the home off the market and like we were very motivated we we were truly motivated sellers we weren't playing the market we weren't just testing the waters um and so I think that that's important is just really, truly understanding what your client's motivations are because it made the process, like as the selling agent, I was able to communicate that 
to people clearly, to buyers, to buyers agents clearly, um, and dispel any myths around that. Like I think that that helped. Um, but I think a lot of time we don't truly understand our sellers motivations when we're representing them, or we don't do enough due diligence to figure out what that is. Um, so I think that like just the intake process, like asking all of those questions and comfort levels ahead of time can really help make the process smoother. Um, and not just from one person, like also another thing is when we often represent sellers, it's not uncommon if you're representing a husband and a wife that one of those people takes the lead in communication Mm. with you. Yeah. Um, But you could be missing a huge side of the story if you take whatever that one person in the situation is telling you is gold. Um, So I think it's important that we do our best to like keep here from all parties at the table, all people that are going to be signing this agreement. How do they feel? It's not just asking the wife at the table it's also hearing directly from the husband how he feels because if you can get ahead of any of those things that may they may not agree on ahead of time Mm -hmm. the easier it's going to be to manage when it comes up did Um, you find that you were going back on anything that you had sort of agreed upon beforehand and you had to sort of remind each other like remember we said this and we've got to stick to this was that something that happened there were a few times yep And again, it's so hard to keep your emotions out of it, right? Like you take it as a personal insult when you get negative feedback. You take it as like, why is nobody booking a showing? My house looks better than all of these other houses on the market. (laughs) (laughs) Should we have, should we have not put the carpet in? Should we have done this instead? Should we like, oh, so So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. (laughs) No, I think, I think that's like that intake process, I think is, is so, so important. important. And, and the honesty too, like, as you said before, like really taking a look and, and, and feeling like if there's a situation where people aren't being for forthcoming, or you're feeling like you're not getting as much information. Like, I think the worst, not even deals, but the worst interactions I've had with potential clients were like, consistently, they didn't go anywhere. They either went with somebody else to buy at the end of the day, or they just never ended up buying was because I didn't really fully understand their motivations or, you know, they were a little bit hesitant to let me know, but I never pushed. And so we were kind of operating on this very basic level where we just never got anywhere. I never really understood why they didn't like the house we saw or why they wanted to put an offer on this one. Like it was just, you know, so that's so important to really understand and like even explain to your clients why, why it's so important um, for the relationship, for the working relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I think Treza is going to help a lot with all of that. Not that anybody outside of Ontario probably has no idea what I'm talking about, but just in terms of the clarity of, all of it and the representation I think is going to help with all yeah. Of that yeah exactly well, yeah and then besides that like just you know showing cancellations keeping the house staged like yeah all of that is probably the hardest part of it and the part that we don't I think appreciate that our clients go through like a showings yeah. book in two hours and all of a sudden you've got to like rip through your house and make sure it's spotless and staged just as the stager left it and yeah. leaving the house and then finding out like, Oh, it, I have a ring doorbell when agents don't show up. And it's like, 
I want to complain. I want to complain yeah. about them, but I also don't want to complain because what if they rebook for tomorrow and I want an offer from them? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, so torn. Well, well, we didn't, we didn't even, and I'm not reopening the whole thing, but we didn't even touch on the fact that you're as close to, you were a FISBO, like you were a for sale by owner. And so did this change or adjust your opinion as a buyer when you're representing buyers who go to a for sale by owner listing, does it change your perspective of what those people's experiences are not really because you kind of always, I think, had that understanding that it's not a little so bit much of a from, yeah, Not so much from the buyer end, but like we talk, you know, FISBO is a bit of a dirty word in real estate. Um. <laughs> Self-represented party, right? Self-represented SRP, SRP, right. Sir, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, the SERPs and the FISBOs. I think that there's like, you know, it's so easy for us as realtors to say, oh, statistically for sale by owner properties or self-represented parties are not going to sell as high. And the reason for that is because us realtors bring so much experience and expertise in marketing and knowledge about the market, and we can bring more exposure and all of this stuff. And I'm sure a lot of that is very true, but I think what the what it ultimately comes down to is FISBOs sell for less because they cannot remove themselves from the emotions. It's mm. like, period, period. <laughs> Sir, sir, sir. Yeah, it is hard. It's really hard. Um, and I don't want to do it again. <laughs> that, that was going to be my again. last question is like, would you do it again? I mean, you might, you, know, you never know. I mean, but okay, if you, if you were selling your next home, would you completely remove yourself? Or would you like, what would be the approach you would take? And I mean, the circumstances might be different. But would you prefer to just have a third party realtor do the whole thing or would it be the opposite? I think probably have a third party realtor do the whole thing. Mm. I think I'd probably be like, here's my stager's phone number. Here's like anything you need, let me know, but please just like bring me the offer. <laughs> let me know when a showing's book and bring me the offer. That's all I want. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just way too stressful. Maybe I would feel differently if it was like the market we were in in 2021, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it sure, I'd probably be a lot more exhausted. There'd be a lot more calls coming in and my head would be spinning, but I think it would be a little bit easier to manage like 25 offers and just yeah. pick one than exactly. <laughs> yeah. all of the emotional roller coaster that had to happen instead. So, um, I think it really depends on the market we're working in, but I think the biggest takeaway is regardless of the market we're working in, you really have to understand where your clients are coming from. And that they're, and remember that they're human at the end of the day. Like there are so many emotions going on behind the scenes that you have no idea about. And we have to remember that our job is to support them. Our job. Yes. Our job is to get them the best price. Yes. Our job is to get them the most exposure, all of that. But more than anything, our job is supposed to be a support person for them. We're supposed to be there for them and guide them through so that they, at the end of the day, feel happy with what happened. The best outcomes are win, win, win. And I do feel like eventually we did reach that point. I'm so happy with the buyer agent that we had. She was incredible. The buyers were incredible. Um, and I'm sure that has a lot to do with the way I handled it. I, you know, it, they don't always yeah. go that way. And I'm sure that my approach helped that. For sure. But um, yeah, just remembering that people are human and that to slow the process down a little bit, kind of take a step back, remember that we do this to help people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not just paperwork and 
marketing and pricing. It's helping with a lot of other things. Yeah. And that's why the bots will never take over. Our that's teams. right. So AI, true. they're not going to yeah. take over. That's no. right. Well, that's yeah. it. It's like, that's the single most important piece. It's just that emotional side of things. And that could never be taken away. It's just, you got to get really good at it. That's, that's the key. Um, so yeah, no, that's, that's such, such good advice. And I am so happy that it all worked out. You know, sometimes you're like, is this gonna, what the hell, <laughs> but it all ended talk, up working out. We can talk another time about buying a property when you're the realtor, because that was a yeah. whole other can of worms, <laughs> not a conversation for today. <laughs> Maybe in the new year. Yeah. When you're all settled and ready, Stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. No, cause it's important. Cause I think we never, we, we don't often, obviously, unless like you're moving every year, which I don't think we are. Um, well, you move, you miss things, right? Like I do. when I bought this house that we've just sold six years ago, I did the whole transaction and didn't realize until after it was done. And I had delivered my deposit that it didn't have a dishwasher. Oh, like, like the things that you would never miss for a client, like not yeah. in a million years, you would never miss them for a client. And then yeah. you just like, the emotions are so high that it clouds everything. Yeah. And that's another, just a point for, if you're doing this for yourself, I highly, highly recommend that you have somebody assisting you who can have that. Yeah. Second set it, of it eyes. Does <laughs> the, yeah. the, it, it does speak to, I mean, I know you talked about how, you know, the value of a realtor and where it is and it isn't, but that is, I mean, you've made the case for the stuff people miss and the stuff people overlook, even if we're in the industry, right? Like we need an unbiased professional set of eyes to identify those details we might miss, but also to allow us to be with our own emotions a little bit as the seller or as the buyer as well. Because I think it, it must have been very hard. Well, it is hard to balance all that. Like you went through so much, but you still had to keep a level head as the agent. It's tough because I'm sure you, it, you would have rather just been able to be, like you said, if you're going to do this again, hire somebody so you can be the client and you can just deal with your shit instead of having to put on a different face for the the agent side of things. So... So to any listeners who are out there who aren't in the industry, this is why you need an agent, okay? We don't preach that that much, but that's why. Don't do it yourself unless you absolutely feel, well, do what you want. Do what you want. Again, I don't know your situation. I don't know your situation. I should have learned that after after we're talking for this long. Now I'm telling people what to do. <laughs> yeah, But well, this definitely was awesome. a learning experience. Definitely a good experience. I'm glad we're on the other side of it now. Um, and it's definitely learning things that I will be much more mindful of and conscious to as I move forward in my business, representing my sellers and my buyers for sure. Awesome. And us too. So I'm sure a lot of people learned stuff today. They took a lot away from just making sure that they're supporting their clients fully. So thanks for sharing. This was no such problem. a great perspective. For having me. Yeah. And good luck with everything. And yeah, we will. Uh, seven days. We move in seven days. See. Crazy. Oh, wish me luck. I yeah. hope that all of our stuff fits in the moving truck. <laughs> that's the next <laughs> challenge. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much, Nadia. We will see you soon. Level, 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 level,